Chapter Ten of Peter Simple. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. Peter Simple by Frederick Marriott. Chapter Ten. A press gang beaten off by one woman. Dangers at Spithead and Point. A treat for both parties of pulled chicken at my expense. Also gin for twenty. I am made a prisoner. Escape and rejoin my ship. I must now relate what occurred to me a few days before the ship sailed. We were reported ready for sea, and the Admiralty was anxious that we should proceed. The only obstacle to our sailing was that we had not yet completed our complement of men. The captain applied to the port admiral, and obtained permission to send parties on shore to impress seamen. The second and third lieutenants, and the oldest midshipmen, were dispatched on shore every night with some of the most trustworthy men, and generally brought on board in the morning about half a dozen men, whom they had picked up in the different alehouses or grog-shops, as the sailors call them. I had a great wish to be one of the party before the ship sailed, and asked O'Brien, who was very kind to me in general, and allowed nobody to thrash me but himself, if he would take me with him, which he did on the night after I had made the request. I put on my dirk, they might know i was an officer as well as for my protection about dusk we rowed on shore and landed on the gosport side the men were all armed with cutlasses and wore pea-jackets which are very short greatcoats made of what they call flushing we did not stop to look at any of the grog-shops in the town as it was too early but walked out about three miles in the suburbs and went to a house the door of which was locked but we forced it open in a minute and hastened to enter the passage where we found the landlady standing to defend the entrance the passage was long and narrow and she was a very tall corpulent woman so that her body nearly filled it up and in her hand she held a long spit pointed at us with which she kept us at bay the officers who were the foremost did not like to attack a woman and she made such drives at them with her spit that had they not retreated some of them would soon have been ready for roasting the sailors laughed and stood outside, leaving the officers to settle the business how they could. At last the landlady called out to her husband, "'Be they all out, Jim?' "'Yes,' replied the husband. "'They be all safe gone.' "'Well, then,' replied she, "'I'll soon have all these gone, too.' And with these words she made such rush forward upon us with her spit, that had we not fallen back and tumbled one over another, she certainly would have run it through the second lieutenant, who commanded the party. The passage was cleared in an instant and as soon as we were all in the street she bolted us out. So there we were, three officers and fifteen armed men, fairly beat off by a fat old woman, the sailors who had been drinking in the house having made their escape to some other place. We then called at other houses, where we picked up one or two men, but most of them escaped by getting out at the windows or back doors as we entered the front. Now there was a grog-shop which was very favorite rendezvous of the seamen, belonging to the merchant vessels, and to which they were accustomed to retreat, when they heard that the press-gangs were out. Our officers were aware of this, and were therefore indifferent as to the escape of the man, as they knew that they would all go to that place, and confide in their numbers for beating us off. As it was then one o'clock, they thought it time to go there. We proceeded without any noise, but they had people on the lookout, and as soon as we turned the corner of the lane the alarm was given— i was afraid that they would all run away and we should lose them but on the contrary they mustered very strong on that night and resolved to give fight the men remained in the house but an advance guard of about thirty of their wives saluted us with a shower of stones and mud some of our sailors were hurt 
but they did not appear to mind what the women did they rushed on and then they were attacked by the women with their fists and nails notwithstanding this the sailors only laughed pushing the women on one side and saying be quiet paul don't be foolish molly out of the way suki we ain't come to take away your fancy man with expressions of that sort although the blood trickled down many of their faces from the way in which they had been clawed we at length got into the house the seamen of the merchant ships had armed themselves with bludgeons and other weapons and had taken a position on the tables they were more than two to one against us and there was a dreadful fight as their resistance was very desperate our sailors were obliged to use their cutlasses and for a few minutes i was quite bewildered with the shouting and swearing pushing and scuffling collaring and fighting together with the dust raised up which not only blinded but nearly choked me by the time that my breath was nearly squeezed out of my body our sailors got the best of it which the landlady and women of the house perceiving they put out all the lights so that i could not tell where i was but our sailors had every one seized his man and contrived to haul him out of the street door where they were collected together and secured now again i was in great difficulty i had been knocked down and trod upon and when i did contrive to get up again i did not know the direction in which the door lay i felt about by the wall and at last came to a door for the room at that time was nearly empty and the women having followed the men out of the house i opened it and found that it was not the right one but led into a little side parlour where there was a fire but no lights i had just discovered my mistake and was about to retreat when i was shoved in from behind and the key turned upon me there i was all alone and i must acknowledge very much frightened as i thought that the vengeance of the women would be wreaked upon me i peeped through the keyhole and perceived that the candles were relighted and that there were only women in the room who were talking all at once and not thinking about me but in a minute or two a woman came in from the street with her long black hair hanging about her shoulders and her cap in her hand well cried she they've nabbed my husband but i'll be dished if i haven't boxed up the midshipmite in that parlour and he shall take his place i thought i should have died when i looked at the woman and perceived her coming up to the door followed by some others to unlock it as the door opened i drew my dirk resolving to die like an officer and as they advanced i retreated to a corner brandishing my dirk without saying a word well cried the woman who had made me a prisoner i do declare i likes to see a puddle in a storm only look at the little biscuit nibbler showin fight come my lovely you belongs to me never exclaimed i with indignation keep off or i shall do you a mischief and i raised my dirk in advance i am an officer and a gentleman sal cried the odious woman fetch a mop and a pail of dirty water and i'll trundle that dirk out of his feast no no replied another rather good-looking young woman leave him to me don't hurt him he really is a very nice little man what's your name my dear peter simple is my name replied i and i am a king's officer so be careful what you are about don't be afraid peter nobody shall hurt you but you must not draw your dirk before ladies that's not like an officer and a gentleman so put up your dirk that's a good boy i will not replied i unless you promise me that i shall go away unmolested i do promise you that you shall upon my word but recollect peter that you are an officer and a gentleman you surely would not be so shabby as to go away without treating us what money have you got in your pocket and without giving me time to answer she felt in my pocket and pulled out my purse which she opened why peter you are as rich as a jew said she and they counted thirty shillings on the table now what shall we have anything you please 
said I, provided that you will let me go. Well, then, it shall be a gallon of gin. Sal, call Mrs. Flanagan. Mrs. Flanagan, we want a gallon of gin and clean glasses. Mrs. Flanagan received the major part of my money, and in a minute returned with gin and wine glasses. Now, Peter, my dove, let's all draw around the table and make ourselves cozy. Oh, no, replied I. Take my money, drink the gin, but pray let me go. But they wouldn't listen to me. Then I was obliged to sit down with them. The gin was poured out, and they made me drink a glass which nearly choked me. It had, however, one good effect. It gave me courage, and in a minute or two I felt as if I could fight them all. The door of the room was on the same side as the fireplace, and I perceived that the poker was between the bars and red-hot. I complained that it was cold, although I was in a burning fever, and they allowed me to get up to warm my hands. As soon as I reached the fireplace, I snatched out the red-hot poker and brandishing it over my head made for the door. They all jumped up to detain me, but I made a poke at the foremost, which made her run back with a shriek. I do believe that I burnt her nose. I seized my opportunity and escaped into the street, whirling the poker round my head while all the women followed, hooting and shouting after me. I never stopped running and whirling my poker until I was reeking with perspiration and the poker was quite cold. Then I looked back and found that I was alone. It was very dark. Every house was shut up and not a light to be seen anywhere. I stopped at the corner, not knowing where I was or what I was to do. I felt very miserable indeed, and was reflecting on my wisest plan, when who should turn the corner but one of the quartermasters who had been left on shore by accident. I knew him by his pea-jacket and straw hat to be one of our men, and I was delighted to see him. I told him what had happened, and he replied that he was going to a house where the people knew him and would let me in. When we arrived there, the people of the house were very civil. The landlady made us some pearl, which the quartermaster ordered, and which I thought was very good indeed. After we had finished the jug, we both fell asleep in our chairs. I did not awaken until I was roused by the quartermaster at past seven o'clock, when we took a wherry and went off to the ship. End of chapter 10